Welcome to another episode of War Stories. I'm Tom. I'm Chuck. And uh, it's time, first of all, uh, for a little update. How are you feeling, dude? You're jacked up. You were you were laid out for locker room, like laying on your back. And and uh, we got had some listeners that went on YouTube to watch the episode, so they they knew what that looked like. But uh, uh, just for the listeners, I know. Give Uh, so I injured my back. Yeah, I injured my back a while ago uh, on the job, um, and just progressively started getting worse. Then my my doctor died, so I didn't have a doctor for a while, and uh, just now got one because um, I uh, I ended up having a really bad back spasm, and I couldn't I couldn't walk. Um, And everything is all my injuries that are really bad are all on my left side. So basically, my left side was just completely fucked that day, and uh, my my pregnant wife had to carry me to and from the bathroom because i couldn't use my left leg um because it just i don't know it just stopped working it was it was crazy um almost went to the almost went to the emergency room i was able to i was able to not go to the emergency room and then schedule an appointment with my doctor go to the doctor loads of steroid shots um into your butt and your shoulder and then a fucking bunch of pills and pain meds and and this is separate from your knee this is separate from the knee yeah Um, so crazy and uh so i've been dealing with that and it's been getting better but the back is still like really jacked but the overall like searing pain of it all and and and, like the muscles is is kind of like it's starting to come down because of all the drugs and steroids they have me on so it's i gotta take it easy a little bit on my back but uh yeah it was crazy because i was always told you know back in the day when you know years ago when i hurt my back the doc is like you need to make sure you have a surgeon on standby because there's going to come a point in time when you have a full leg drop and when i had my surgeon great world-renowned surgeon for the back and that's what i was going to him but he was old and i was like well he's good he's old right he knows what he's doing he's been doing this for a while and then i had him on standby and he, he knew we needed to do surgery on my back but because of my age at the time he couldn't do yeah, it they don't want to he's do like it. you need to be like mid-30s 40s mid-40s, that's what they told me we're good, they said we're, we're not doing surgery on you you're too young to like you yeah. you'll probably need it eventually but at exactly. for right now <clears throat> The longer so, you can wait to have back surgery, the better you are. And I, and I, I agree, but it was it would be nice to have had a doctor when when uh, they called me and said, "Hey, we can no longer see anymore. Your doctor died." Because I was like, "Oh, great, I have a doctor on standby." <laughs> no, you're dead. And then I was like, "I don't know who else to go to. That's good." And I don't want to just go to any Joe Schmo. Like, this is your back you're talking about. You need a good neurosurgeon. Right. Every and back has an expiration date. That's just yeah. And then when that back went this this last few days, I was like, "Fuck, I can't use my leg." I'm in leg drop. Like I, I can't use it. Like, and then I'll be like, Oh my God, I can use it a little bit. Oh no, I can't use it anymore. And then it doesn't make my knee any better. Cause my knee is all fucked up. Um, and then, so I'm like, dude, this whole thing, I spent, I think a solid day in bed and just not be able to move. Right. Oh, this is horrible. But yeah, that's how I'm doing. <laughs> so there's the update, but on a lighter note, I, again, you guys will know, I love these episodes when we have returning guests, but uh, this one, especially because, my buddy Adam is back. What's up, dude? Hey, Tom. Glad to be back. Doing? What are you doing? I'm always glad to have you back. First of all, because we work together and uh, you probably, you and maybe two or three other people who you know who I'm talking about, we're having a little, we're having a little three, three, uh, 
three team member squad reunion this summer, hopefully. Uh, but uh, I hope so, man. I hope yeah. nothing gets in the way of that. <clears throat> yeah. Um, you mean like World War Three? <laughs> Let's not get started on that conversation. I know, right? Uh, but uh, Adam's back, and uh, it's taken a while to get to a point where Adam was uh, able to share this story. Um, but for for a plethora of reasons, but uh, you know, Adam's been on before. You guys will will remember. Uh, and uh, today, we thought we'd have him back and talk about another critical incident you were involved in. And you know, when I worked with you, you weren't a total shit magnet, but we got in our fair share of trouble. Yeah, I mean, you know, working in the small town that we did. Um, I felt like there was always a dark cloud over our heads, but that's just, maybe that's just me. I think it's just because we like to work. So, well, that that's part of it. I think um, we went looking for it um, where a lot of guys didn't. Uh, and we were willing to, to do police work. We were willing to, to p- get out there and dig for stuff and, and, and yeah, we had to turn over, shit. we had to turn over rocks to find stuff so oh most God. of the time. Right. And that's yeah. definitely not the, that was definitely not the case in my, the next agency, but yeah. Uh, but I did, I did truly work with an actual shit magnet after you left. And so that was like, ah, okay. So this is Adam and I just went looking for trouble and found it. This guy actually is a shit magnet. Well, I wouldn't say you went looking for trouble. You were proactive instead of reactive. Well, right. We were proactive. We're just putting a nice name on it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we were out we were out hooking and booking man we were like <clears throat> summer graveyard weekends man like it was like oh what are you gonna put in for uh it's summer i'm putting in for weekend graves like let's go let's go thump tweakers on a nice 82 degree balmy evening on in central california yeah that's right good times yeah 20 years ago that's that sounds fun now yeah, 20 I'm years ago by like 8 15 yeah right <laughs> all the things like don't yeah. you don't get to go hang out with your friends this weekend you have to go to bed early no drinking you're like this is all that was punishment when i was 21 and now it's awesome <laughs> yeah all those things have consequences yeah so <laughs> how have you been man what's going on you, I've, good man i'm just real estate i'm so busy man uh you know you you'd think with all the interest rates you know, the, the inflation, which is crazy. Uh, you know, what's oh, going yeah. on with Russia and Ukraine. We kind of wonder what, what that's going to do, but it, it's really not affecting the housing market. I mean, dude, there are so yeah. many freaking buyers out there. It's crazy. It, the inventory's historically low, but it's, uh, it's really, it's fun. Yeah, it's busy. So it's, uh, there's a lot of buyers out there. Yeah, it's uh, where I'm at. It's you're you and I are only six hours apart, and uh, it's very similar because there's it's even smaller up here. Like you're in an area where there's a lot more uh, people, there's a lot more square mileage, there's a lot more inventory. You know, up here you've got me. You know, my city's got forty five thousand, and the next city over's got like thirty five thousand, and then the closest big city would be spokane washington and you know nobody wants to live in washington it's like not that i know california's retarded cousin Mm -hmm. yeah anyway well we thought we'd have you back on to talk about your critical incident uh or another one of your critical incidents and uh let the floor is yours brother why don't you uh why don't you kind of remind everybody how you ended up 
you and I worked together and then went on to a different agency and, and that. So, yeah, we, did we talk about our, uh, where we, where we worked or do you, do we not mention it? I don't care. Um, yeah. I think so, we've said it. Let's see. I started in September of 2002 at a Tascadero and, you know, people are like, Oh, Tascadero state hospital. I'm like, no, no, no. Tascadero. No. They actually have yeah. a small PD there. And right. that's where I got my feet wet. <laughs> And what you started in a few months after me, December. Yeah. Maybe. You started January 7th. Okay. So yeah. And just, man, real fun getting to, um, to just be a police officer as uh, what was I 23, 22. Yeah. I think we talked about it before. Um, the first time I was by myself, and I was driving the police car, and then I was slowly driving down uh, El Camino Real, which is the main street in Atascadero. Right. And I remember looking in the shop windows and seeing myself in the police car and thinking, oh, my gosh, man, that's so yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah. And I but said now this before, I... <laughs> your last night of FTO, what, I came in for my first day of day shift, your last night of FTO. So you were getting off graveyard shift. Franco was shaking your hand and signing off. And here I come walking in the door my, my first day of day shift. And everybody's like, that could be you in a couple of weeks. <laughs> a couple of I'm weeks like, getting signed off? Uh, it, it, was, our, it was 16 I think weeks, it was 16 actually. weeks. Yeah. It it's was a minimum of weeks, 16 weeks. Yeah. <sighs> right? I know. And I, I hear about these big agencies that go six months, right? Uh, no. So it's it's a total of some of these big agencies, 18 months. You got six months of academy. In the car six with months. somebody? No, well, no, that's no. including the academy. Right. Oh, so okay. six months of academy, six months of training, and then six months of at will status. We can fire you if you fart wrong. Yeah. So probation. Yeah. Got it. We had we had that too, but ours was like uh it was graduate from the academy, then a minimum state mandated sixteen weeks. So what is that, four months? It was a minimum requirement that you had to do four months in a car with a training officer. So Adam Pretty and I much. were out like yeah. sixteen weeks and one day, like they, you know, I remember Franco told me the same thing he, that he said he told you, one of our greatest FTOs ever. He he said, you know, I, I'm going to evaluate you and see how you do. And then by two shifts into working with him, he's like, all right, cool. You're good. I'm going to sign you off in two weeks. Let's just go uh, crush crime and suppress evil and have fun like, a, you know, real cops do. And yeah. I was like, oh, shit. All right, cool. Um, so then for us, it was you once you hit the street, it was 18 months after you hit the street that you passed probation the that academy probation did not count. Period, yeah. yeah so yeah so had to do had to at least keep our nose clean for that long but who I was mean, it that walked into the sergeant's office the night I, I this was he told me the story i can't remember who told the story but the night he passed probation he got off probation because it had been 18 months as of midnight it was his 18 month anniversary and so he walked into this the watch commander's office at like 1202 and was like Hey, so that's after midnight. I passed probation, didn't I? And they're like, Yeah, I guess you did. And he looks at both sergeants and goes, Fuck you guys, and gives them both the middle finger and runs out of the watch commander's office. That's, that's ballsy. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was Terry. I think it was Terry. I don't know. Yeah. I never heard that story. That's funny. Yeah. Anyway. <clears throat> so the floor is yours, man. Talk about uh uh let's see. I guess we could just jump right in. Uh you know, the funny thing is this, this critical incident, this shooting took place six months prior to my other shooting where I got right. shot. Mm -hmm. So, um, 
this shooting, you know, dynamically was so different and emotionally was so different um, because these are the things that we, I don't want to say wanted, but in reality, yeah, these are the things that I was in the gang unit. Mm-hmm. I was rolling with my partner. His name is Dirk. And these are the things we looked for. We didn't look to go get in shootings, but we looked to, just like you said, suppress the evil. And for us, you know, in particular in this night, uh, I think we were out patrolling, specifically looking for uh, for gangsters in a certain area because there was a murder the previous week. A southerner right. had sh- a southerner had shot mm-hmm. a northerner, so we knew That's that nice. there was going to be retaliation. So that full week, I want to say we worked like seven days in a row. We were just yeah, because when just shit like that over. happens, you have to start stepping on people. So we did. We we, we worked day night. We, like we switched up our shifts so they didn't know because of course. The gangsters all knew what shift we worked normally. So we had kind of switched it up and um, we had worked all week. So it was, it, it was one of those long weeks and nothing had happened. We had kind of done good suppression and had conversations with, you know, all our, our Northern gangsters to see what was going on. And uh, we were working, I can't remember what night it was. It's like a Friday or Saturday night, like around 1130. And we were actually going <clears> to <throat> just do one more loop around the little area that we do the little hot spot for our gangsters. Right. Right. And, um, we just happened to see, we were driving, you know, one direction and then parallel to that, uh, or I'm sorry, perpendicular, uh, we see a car go across. So our headlights hit their car and there's, it's five deep and you, you know, they all do the, the little look where they look back and it's, you know, maybe if we look forward, they won't see us. Right. That kind of mm-hmm. look. So, we knew, Tell-tell you know, it's like okay, when little this... kids hide by putting their hands over their face. Correct. <laughs> so we, we are like, okay, well, this car looks a little suspicious because they weren't going fat. They weren't going 25 miles per hour through the residential. They were going like 10, 15, you know, right. they were, they were trolling. They were looking for people walking. So uh, we of course start to follow it. It speeds up a little bit, rolls a stop sign, just enough for the violation. We, we light them up. And it starts hitting through downtown. It it, it speeds up a little bit, then it kind of slows down, pulls to the side, acts like it's going to stop, and then just boom, pedal now, to the I wanna, metal. I want to tag up on that real quick because it deals sure. with a show we just had about pretext stops. And I'm going to tell you right now, as we if you go back and listen to our episode with Ken about pretext stops, this is a classic example of what we're talking about. Adam and his partner saw a car full of gangbangers doing gangbanger stuff that had not yet risen to the level of crime but the second they do anything that does rise to the level of okay you've committed a a violation it's a traffic violation it's a stop sign now i get to pull you over them's the rules that's a perfect traffic i think traffic stop uh, running a stop sign is a major mover so i don't think that would uh go under the pretext but if it was like a bo tail light or headlight or like a for la's la's because for us, County, anything that's a anything is a pretext stop if you're stopping someone for a violation, but that's not the real reason for your stop. Yeah, yeah I, th- it, I think it's touch and go on that. I, I, to be, I mean, you're you're trying to change, you're trying to change state law, and they can't. Yeah, like right. a lot of agencies can't, and they're writing policy, and it's so fucking obscure that they're like, mm-hmm. you can do this, but you can't do this, but you can do this, but you can't do this because. So I think that it's it's um. I think you might be okay on that, but it's going to be probably scrutinized <laughs> like shit by the yeah. DA or the yeah, and it and. 
it has changed quite a lot and and I will I won't get too too much into it but we got sued for this shooting and I I was in a deposition for 3 days regarding what what we saw in that car right. that was different from the next car and man when you're trying to articulate that to three lawyers that are just hammering you on everything because it's a oh. deposition it's it's <clears throat> nerve-wracking but as long as you know what we're just talking about, right. then you're fine. Regardless, it, it becomes stressful, especially when you know you've done the right thing. But uh, going to court anyway, testifying against lawyers is always stressful, period. Let alone when it's about you. Yeah. The deposition, I, I, the deposition to me is so different because you have I have my lawyer sitting next to me, but when they ask these off-the-wall questions um that wouldn't they would never get away with in court. Um your lawyer just i i remember looking over and being like are, are you gonna like i guess there's no objection here like <laughs> so um look a, a it's a little different maybe yeah <laughs> I how about, to be how about like how about don't answer that he's not gonna answer that anyway right they're talking so, to yourself like the lawyer <laughs> <laughs> don't answer that. okay i won't answer that okay anyway um so you jacked him for we, the traffic stop or the stop sign. We we tried to we tried to stop him for the twenty two four fifty, and um, they go through. They start going through downtown. They're blowing lights, uh, and they jump onto the freeway. I'm driving. My partner's calling the pursuit, and I wish I could have I could have found the radio traffic, but maybe I can get it later at some point. Um, it it starts to hit hunt speeds of a hundred over a hundred like right away. And luckily that wasn't, it just happened to be a good time. There wasn't a ton of traffic on, on the freeway. It's um, a white Hyundai Sonata. I believe it was. And they got to a hundred in that with five bangers. A hundred and they got over, over 110 for sure. Cause they were pulling away from us. Well, they had, um, you know, the funny thing is I love love talking about this now. I love talking about this now because this was 2012, right? And my partner's calling it out and they black out, you know, cause that's the easiest way to lose a cop, right? Right. Get on the freeway, hit it and black out. Well, anytime we'd ever said a hey, vehicle's blacked out, it was like supervisors like cancel, cancel right, right away. So and he, he blacked out and I'm like, oh shit, he blacked out. And my partner was about to get on the radio and say, Hey, uh, uh you know, they blacked out. I'm like, no, don't say that. Just right. let's keep going. <laughs> so, um, I don't know if they blacked out. I, I can't like, see him. I'm like, I go, don't, don't say, <laughs> don't, so say anything. don't say anything. Let's just keep going. So they black out. They're getting up uh, off the on-ramp or off the off-ramp and back on real quick. I mean, it's, it's getting pretty crazy. They're passing a few vehicles, um, but it starts to go into the county. <clears throat> and there's this one exit um, outside of our city that um, if you don't, if you're not from our area, and we later found out that this actual, these actual northerners were not from our city. They were from uh, a city that was about 30 minutes away in Delano. Mm. Um, and if you know Delano, mm. that's, that's like yes. a prison town. Pretty yeah. rough, actually. Uh, but they had come down here to do some dirt. But anyway, um, so they they want to peel off on this this exit for whatever reason. Maybe they want to start hitting neighborhoods or whatever so they can jump out of the car and, and do their running. But they didn't know that this exit 
it's got the sharpest hairpin turn to get off. So they just, they launch off this <laughs> off ramp and go straight into this field. And this it's, um, it's October in central California. It's still pretty warm out. I'm wearing short sleeves at night at 1130. So, um, they launch in this field and just start, they flip over a couple times and you can see this. And now we're rolling up. And by that time, <clears throat> and I guess I should back up a little bit while we were in the pursuit, a canine actually took over first position and we were calling it out. So um, by the time that we get there, it's the canine unit and, and us. So right. there's three of us there. We roll up and we kind of uh, triangulate where we think the car may have gone in the field, but it's, it's a good, Oh, you can't see it. We can't see shit. It's a, oh. it's a, just a cloud of dust, a cloud okay, of wow. dust. And then we kind of pull up and then we can kind of see headlights. We can, I can see that the car is on its head. So it's on its roof and we can kind of make it. We're getting out of the car. We're running towards the car and uh, we take maybe five, six steps um, and I could hear the canine officer to my left. He's, he's getting his dog out and he's, he's sending them. And then all of a sudden we just hear pop, 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 pop. And, um, it's so, it's so funny in my mind. I, I see flashes. I don't know. I don't know if that's a false memory. I don't know if that's a false memory. It's, I mean, dude, that's almost 10 years ago, but, um, we immediately started to return fire. So I see, uh, I focus on, I start to move to the right. Uh, just right when I hear gunfire, I immediately go lateral because I don't want to be where they, if they saw me, right. I definitely don't want to be in the position of disadvantage. Be where you so were. I start right. to, yes. So I, I immediately moved <clears throat> and without even thinking, I just, I started targeting a guy that I could see. I could see that he was turning towards me and that he had a gun in his hand. So I started firing at him and um, he dis. What I thought was he disappeared around the side of a building. Well, later I discovered that he didn't disappear behind the building. I had, when I started firing one of my rounds, one of my 13 rounds had struck him in the back of the head. As Shit. he was running, it was probably like 30 feet away. Oh. and um i but i had called out on the radio you know shots fired um and that one had got away so i thought initially the guy that i had shot had really escaped because right. i thought he had rounded the corner but in my mind he just disappeared so right. but he disappeared because i hit him in the back of the head and he dropped yeah, he dropped like a sack of shit yeah Oof. so um it it kind of clears but all the while, while I'm, while I'm returning fire, I can hear my partners are also firing. I can hear on the radio after I said shots were fired, my other partner had said shots. Like we just didn't hear each other. We, we were totally zoned out, but um, he had fired on another subject, getting out of the car, hit him. And I'm talking about my partner now. He had hit him several times. I don't remember how many times, but incapacitated him. He didn't die. And then our canine officer also returned fire and uh, killed another guy. There, were, there ended up being, I think, two or three guns in the car. I can't remember that we had located. Um, Plus and, the ones they were shooting at you with, right? Correct. Right. Correct. So um, 
Well, let me let me think here for a second. Oh, okay. So when I'm, it's, when it's I, tough. Man. It's all done, it's all kinetic. It jumbles together. Like it for me, it doesn't. To, yeah. to be honest, I was thinking about it. I remember we. I knew I was going to do this podcast. And I'm like, man, I I haven't thought about this in years. So yeah. I even called my I called my buddy. I'm like, dude, let's let's talk through this for a minute. And he was telling me things. I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. And he goes, he goes, don't forget to tell him you got bit by a dog too. I go, oh yeah, yeah, I didn't know that part. So, so canine bite, had, yeah. So the canine, <laughs> as it took off towards the car, shots are fired. Yeah, you never told me you got bit by the dog, <laughs> in all these years. But it's it's one of those weird things. Like we never, I don't know that we ever like sat down and because you were so far away and I was so far away, like from each other so we never actually sat down and had beers about it we kind of touched base and made sure each other was okay and then over the years we've talked about it a little bit but i don't know if we ever sat down and did a deep dive on this no i don't know that we have that's true yeah. and usually anytime anybody asks me about the shooting it's always about when i got shot so right right <clears throat> but I, I i mean this this shooting to me like i said was just so different i this was a gun back at it it was a total gunfight it was awesome I mean, <laughs> I hate to say it, dude, but it was fucking awesome. No, I, I mean, let's, let's be honest. Like you for, got, right? yeah. It's awesome. Cause you survived <laughs> and you're like, yeah, and I can that's, talk about it. that's the key difference is that shooting was awesome. The next one, not, not so awesome. Yeah. <laughs> right. But it, um, it's that wild, ahead, wild West. It's that wild, yeah. wild West. You go to pull over a gangster and a gangster area and then they, they speed up and they slow down and they speed up again. And how many times yeah. have we all had that as police officers where you're in an area and shit's about to get, you know, you're like, all right, it's going, it's going. All right. Now they're going to stop. And then it goes, boom, zero to one hundred real quick. And yeah. <clears throat> the adrenaline's rushing. Like that's the fun stuff of, you know, what we used to do in kids playing cops yeah. and robbers. But now this is grown up version and you're in real vehicles going right. really fast and right. got guns and stuff. So that's like the best part about being a police officer is so that adrenaline rush and to get to suppressing Yep. Get crime and evil. Hundred percent. I'm I'm a I'm an adrenaline junkie and I still am. I just it's just Get it different, different ways now. now. Well, <laughs> yeah, so sure. I, I you guys, you know, Adam's known me forever and he knows I, I relate to things a lot through movies because it's a good way to to give a shared experience to people. You know, everybody's seen the movie, they understand the scene, it kind they kind of get the emotion behind it. So even if they didn't live it, they kind of vicariously lived it. So I always think when when you talk about did we get to do, you know, did we get to get into a shooting? Did we find the guys that were going to be violent? Did we find the assholes we were looking for? And I think of that it, for, for those of you who don't know what this is like, there is a scene in a movie called Braveheart. It's a fucking great movie. And the Scottish army is lined up on one side and the English army is lined up on the other side. And uh, uh, Mel Gibson is riding his horse towards the English. And one of his guys says, Hey, where are you going? And, he, and they've got all their war paint and swords and shit. And he goes, I'm going to pick a fight. I'm going to pick a fight. <laughs> and then one of the Scottish guys looks at the other one and goes, well, it looks like we didn't get dressed up for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's that kind of like, we're here. Let's do this. Like, the, you, you guys are gangbangers. We're cops. You want to do gangbanger shit. We're going to do cop shit. You know, but it's fucking go time. You chose violence today. And we're we're ready for that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's true. That's truly the reality of it. When I say, yeah, it was awesome. The fact of the matter is we trained for that very moment for years, our whole career. And yeah. we've talked about situations. We yeah. hike, 
hypothesized about what we would do in certain situations. And every morning comes, at breakfast when after it, graveyard shift. When it came down, when it came down to is somebody gonna step up? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're we're if you, if you're gonna if you're gonna call us out, we're gonna make it happen. We're, right. We'll definitely make it happen. And and that and that was just that night. So, right. so but anyway, let's get back the, to the dog. The dog. <laughs> <laughs> so, like I said, when that <clears throat> when we rolled up, we were all very quick to get out of our cars as as we should be, right? Tactically, he sends the dog, when, when, but when they return fire. I started returning fire, but that dog, I actually could remember seeing it out of the corner of my eye. That land shark just literally, for some reason, it turned around 180 and went right towards me, probably Ooh. because he's the first thing that uh, he saw right. that was making a lot of noise with his, with the gun. Right. And I saw him coming. And I'm like, oh, here it comes. Here it comes. He, and he was coming full force. So all I did, it was just turn. I just turned my body to the right. Still had my gun out. And the dog just latched onto the back of my uh, left leg and uh, just started going to town. So I, I was uh, like, by that time, the shooting had stopped for us. And I was yelling at um, the canine officer, hey, get, your, get the fucking dog, get the fucking dog off me. So he came over. He 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 called out of it pretty quick, but uh, not before, you know, I had to, couple had to get a few marks. stitches and stuff. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's the only injury that I got. Luckily, no, no one else, no one else was injured. So it's, fr- it's friendly, friendly biting. Yes. And the yeah. funny thing is he saw, um, my buddy saw the bite. He's like, Oh, that's not even that. That's not even that bad. I, no, and, and it's true. It wasn't, people. it wasn't yeah. that bad. You know, what kind of, for me, I've never been Malinois or what? Uh, no, I believe it was a, no, it's a shepherd is a black shepherd. Okay. Like yeah. Zep. Yeah. Similar. Okay. Similar. And then they started going, they started going to all Malinois after that. We had some Malinois, but I'm, I'm, I'm glad it wasn't a Malinois. I've seen some Malinois do some damage, dude. Elliot, for those of you who remember, Elliot told a story about the worst dog bite he'd ever, and he was LAPD canine handler. He had Malinois and bloodhounds and all, all kind, all manner of dog. And it was a Malinois that delivered the worst bite he'd ever seen in his career. Probably Arco. It was Arco. Arco was psychotic. He just just said Arco was a crazy asshole. Like that dog was just insane. Now we had a dog uh, and I don't know if you remember this story, Adam, but because it was after you left, but um, it was a female officer wanted to be a canine handler, ended up getting a dog. And unfortunately, circumstances being what they were, maybe some procedures weren't adhered to the way they should i i don't know i don't know the details and i don't want to get into it but ultimately when it ended up unfortunately happening was her canine was walking around her kitchen with her you know niece who was four or five years old and the niece tried to pet the dog at the wrong time while the dog was eating and the dog bit her face bit the police canine bit this four-year-old her four-year-old niece's face um and uh this was off duty at home, you know? And so under some circumstances, that dog's done. Like just you, if a dog bites an innocent dog's over, but in this case, because it wasn't the dog's fault necessarily, they ended up taking the dog and donating it to another agency where they are willing to take dogs that they just lock in the car and let out when they need to eat people. 
And yeah, and I and I've been around a lot of uh, canine handlers, and that's you know that's I will say that's one thing that I never had interest in because anytime I got in their cars, it stunk like shit. Oh. There was hair everywhere. I'm sorry, okay. but I just like I'm I'm type A, but I'm I'm not anal, but I just don't want to stink the whole shit and. I just like dogs. Well, dogs. And we Come knew on. one canine handler. As far as I know, we knew the two of us knew one canine handler who didn't smell like dog and was not covered in hair all the time. And he was anal. He was literally like, like, you know, the odd couple. He was the, the neat one. You know, he was anal retentive OCD. Like this motherfucker used to go and he had a take home canine car and it had chrome hubcaps and he would go and be in the back parking lot and he would put chrome spray and polish the chrome on his police car's chrome hubcaps like that's how anal this guy was yes. so he was the only canine handler who as far as i knew didn't stink and when i saw the effort that had to go in to keeping the dog clean keeping the car like he he did half police work and half dog maintenance you know, just to keep it that way. And I just, I decided at that, no, no, I'd rather just get in my car and go hook and book for my 12 hour shift and then not yeah. worry about it. What, uh, what's I, good what now is say, that I'll go for it. Uh, I was just going to say, I have an immense uh, amount of respect for canine handlers because it really is, it's a full time job. Like, yeah. it, mm-hmm. and, and I was going to say, like the dog walking around the house, I've heard of canine officers. Oh, yeah, my dog's real friendly. He's like a family dog. And then I've heard other ones like, no, I, I no. kennel his ass. He's yeah. kenneled because when I get him out, he knows it's time to go to work. Right, exactly. He's either in the kennel or he's working. <clears throat> in the kennel those, or he's working. Those working dogs have to be kept like that because I agree, I've seen yeah. so many handlers ruin their dogs. And I've heard from senior handlers going, oh, this person just fucking ruined this dog. They're treating it like a family pet right. because it's right. a dog when in fact it's a tool that we have to use and we keep them kenneled for a reason. Not that we want to be mean. And, yeah. and a lot of since senior canine handlers, will, I'll go out and take my dog out on a walk, you know, every day that I'm off <clears throat> and run some drills with it, you know, hide some dope or, you know, hide right. scent or, you know, not, not actual dope, but like scented like uh toys with sure. dope set on it and <clears throat> and they'll run the dog and keep it you know um working so that way when they get ready to take it out just like you said adam it's time to go to fucking work it's not hey let's take out and you know and go play because yeah you don't really want your dog you know to, to bite your kids but you don't want that dog as a tool to be so fucking friendly when you know you take it out to where it doesn't want to do its job it just wants to play and Absolutely. i've had to see so many handlers that are getting walked all over by their yeah. dogs when they mm-hmm. come out to a scene because they try to treat it as a pet when it's a tool down the road you can you know if you if you, you know, take yeah, that after retirement man make it a family dog go right. for it yeah if you and can. i will i will say this so <laughs> yeah. so i've seen it happen people don't, yeah i maybe yeah. people don't understand this and i will explain the way it was explained to me because I thought the same thing. I'm like, man, that sucks. You take the dog home and you got to put it in its kennel. And like, it just lives in there the whole, whole time. Like, like I wouldn't want to do that because I would want to develop a bond and relationship with the dog. I don't know yeah. that I have the the willpower to do that. But what it, the way it was explained to me is that most of the time when they tap into an, an that the animal's willingness to go after a bad guy, chase a bad guy, bite a bad guy, do all the crazy shit the canines do, they don't tap into uh, a, a aggression they tap into their sense of play playtime like that's this is fun for them to do that kind of stuff and the way they do that and maintain that is when they're at home home is boring home sucks because home is you're in the kennel you can go to sleep you can do some training or you can eat 
when we go to work though, no, you all bets are off. Like you can get out of the car, we can go do things. So that keeps the dogs excited about going to work because otherwise the dog goes to work and doesn't give a shit. Yeah, that's correct. Exactly. That's what I've heard. A lot of these new canine cars though, it's uh more it's a kennel for the backseat. You cannot put a person back there. And it's a big steel box now to make right. it when the dog takes nervous stress shit, like it's getting ready to go to a call or it's amped up because it saw someone run by and it's barking like crazy and it takes a shit in the back. They can pull yeah. them out, hose the dog down, hose their back out and it'll smell for a little bit. But because it's like stainless steel, um, they're just yeah. able to straight up take a hose and just rinse it right yeah. out, which I thought was Yeah, cool. they just got a rubber, as far as I can remember, they just had a rubber mat as a as a seat, but it was flat. Like WeatherTech, yeah. Everything else was, yeah, just like you oh, said. Dude. Man, uh, we so we went on an alarm call, and I remember this like it was. We, uh, I, I don't even know if Adam, we were on this call, but we went on an alarm call. It was a big box store. Um, and so we got the keys, we opened it up, burglar alarm. We, we we're gonna clear the store, but clearing a big box store on against a burglar alarm either takes a, an entire team or a dog. <laughs> so we got the dog, and we brought the dog in and we figured we'll let the dog clear the store and uh he lets the dog go dog gets 10 feet into the store and drops a shit right in the middle of like the <laughs> I've store. seen that i've seen that happen a lot not i don't remember that one but i've seen it happen in visalia yeah. too like, yeah so i mean in the middle of a chase or something and they just drop trout dogs got to take a battle crap dude that just it happens yeah it's that stress shits man it's 100 percent. yeah I've that's seen hell, it. I do. Dog, it. I have stress shits. <laughs> I've seen a dog. That's why you always take it. That's why we always wouldn't take a big shit right before a spot call. Like, oh my god! You right? don't want to be on that shit. Yeah, I've heard it called. Yeah. I've heard it called a battle crap. Yep. <laughs> I've heard, I mean, I've a heard, battle crap. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. I, and first you say it, then you do it. Right. For oh shit, and then and it all comes out. So it's funny though for those of you who maybe don't understand this because you're not on the job or you've never been a vet or whatever. Think about when you go to the gym, right? When you go to the gym, a lot of people, like they get their gym clothes on and they get ready to go. And either right before they leave the house or as soon as they get to the gym, they're like, oh my God, I got to take a dump. <laughs> and when your body is, knows that it's preparing for physical exertion and stress and adrenaline, it knows instinctively it needs to be at its lightest, fastest, like, it, the, like dump everything so we are ready to go. And so the urge hits and that's it. <laughs> Nothing you can do. That's biology, man. Right. <laughs> the funny thing is, every time I got into like a hot call or it was like, you know, you're getting ready to go. It was like the exact opposite for me. If I had to go to the bat- bathroom real bad, all of a sudden it would just lock up and go away. I've had that happen before too. It's It's been both ways really? where you're like, yeah. yeah, you've been waiting to go for, for like an hour. And then all of a sudden something happens. You're like, where did it go? Yeah. <laughs> so there were five guys in the car let's get i just want to finish this out there were five guys in this car so there were five people in the car four guys and one girl uh, okay and she probably had all the guns in her on her <laughs> at one point maybe but um from from the interview later he was interviewed and, and another guy that that hid they hid in the car they stayed in the car once they heard all the firing they <laughs> hunkered down right. well they got interviewed and said that my guy was the driver he had two guns underneath he was sitting on two guns and said we're not fucking stopping and we're not going we're not getting we're going we're not going to jail so that was that was at the beginning of the pursuit 
So, so when, <clears throat> when they saw you and you saw them, he was already sitting on the two guns. They were looking to do some hood shit. And when you were able to light them up, that's the chase was on because they were never, he was like, Nope, either we're going to shoot yeah. it out and I'm going to die. Or they no, no doubt in my mind that they came to Visalia to do dirt. <clears throat> and you know, that's, you know, that's typically not, not always how it works because usually the people in your own town would like to retaliate, but that doesn't mean that, you know, Northerners don't band together and, and do that. Or right. they could have coincidentally been in town just to do some dirt. Who knows? So, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, it, it could always be that. It, it's neither it's here not like, nor there. <laughs> gangbangers going to gangbang, right? Tweakers going to tweak. Like, yeah, shithead's going to shithead. It just like, it, and the, the sad part to me, and I'll, 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 maybe you guys can speak to this a little more, but when I think about, and I had this conversation with my wife just the other night, cause we were watching, um, something where a guy had to recount a war story. And part of it was that in using force in shooting, he ended up killing the bad guy, but he also ended up killing the, the woman and the child. And, um, I, the story was that the guy had taken his wife and his kid hostage and, you know, it was war and they, they got killed. And I thought to myself, you know, the sad part is that a woman and a child is dead. It's not that the bad guy's dead. I don't care that the bad guy's dead. Like, you know, that you just, you, you need to go see Jesus. I'm going to arrange a meeting. Um, and, but the woman and the, 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 the child, I don't necessarily know how you can, like, that's him doing that. Right. Like in your case, this girl's in the car, right? If she had not shot at you guys, if she had not fired a shot, like she didn't, she was just hiding. But then through the subsequent gunfire, she had been struck and killed. Then if she didn't have a gun on her and if she had not fired a shot at you guys, the media would be saying this young, innocent girl struck and killed unarmed by police. Well, you forgot yeah. the three other assholes in the car that were armed and doing hood shit and what she was doing. And the, the sad part to me is that her life was so fucked that she was in that car doing hood shit to begin with. Even though they would have, uh, even though the murder rule stands and they would have, um, they would have had to have charged them because, because there was um, um, nobody else that was basically unarmed. There was, right. There was no charges. So, I mean, well, was, there, was there another them? crime? There, there was no other, other than the stop sign violation, the pursuit violation, the and the then subsequent, the, if they'd have given the up, they'd have gotten them gun charges. Yeah. Right. But they didn't, they weren't driving. So they, you can't get him for the pursuit stuff, you know. I don't think they charge. Uh, <clears throat> try to pin the charge on them. anything. I, I think yeah, initially not. that they they filed and then down the line they just let it go. So. Yeah. yeah, it was like a an honorary filing. Like we could fang you for this, and we're going to file just because it makes it look good. But then we're going to dismiss because nobody wants to deal with this anymore. If that happened in 2022 or even last year, or the last couple of years, I, I'd be fearful that this, <laughs> um, you know, <clears throat> the way the the temperature of the country and how uh, law enforcement is viewed and how DA's offices are handling officer involved shootings that we would have been filed on. Like, yeah, well, I, I just, you I told me your guy got hit stuff. in the back of the head. 
And I immediately right. thought, oh my God, the back of that the means head, he was exactly that means he was not facing you. He's like, running away. And well, right. he, he so might have been turning, he might running away. Right. Yeah. There's all these right. things. And the bottom line is you guys just heard the story. That was a kinetic situation. Adam was taking rounds and he was putting rounds back down range at a guy who had a gun. Period. End of story. You didn't know what he was doing. You just knew he was dangerous and trying to kill you. And you you said you didn't even think you hit him. I didn't. I thought he escaped. But (laughs) a lot of times, this is the thing. uh, Normal uh, people who watch media and normal citizens, even friends of mine have have said, I, I, you know, I just don't understand how that happened. He got shot in the back three times. I'm like, yes, but you don't understand human reaction time. We're, we're no different. Like we might have a little bit better training and reaction time, but the reality is if somebody fires at me three times standing in front of me, 15 feet away and they turn and run, my reaction time is only going to get him while his back is turned. Right. By the time so no longer, you actually no longer, deliver rounds. Right. But they say he's no longer a threat at that point. Well, no, no, no. I'm still going off. My reaction time and my perception is still him shooting at me. So by the time that my reaction happens, the consequences are there. So right. that's what people don't realize. It's not that we, there, it's, we don't see a person running away from us. No. There was a um, an incident that occurred that I can't really speak to right now or because it's not my place to, but it was had it involved uh, um, a special task force involved with municipal police and uh, FBI <clears throat> and um, FBI agent got hit. It was a, it was a, it was a, um, you know, uh, they, were, they were trailing a, um, a murder suspect ended up getting into a firefight with said murder suspect who pointed like damn near almost point blank at him started firing after from a revolver and without naming agency and stuff like that, other than the FBI, because FBI is an integral role of this, this whole outcome. Um, right. One of the suspects was shot on the ground after he had fired and was put down, but it takes the brain. And this is what the FBI found out. And this is what saved all the officers is that. Um, and then they were awarded like an FBI special medal or something like medal of valor. Um, it takes the brain five seconds from that last round being fired for the other, for your brain to fully recognize that the threat is no longer a threat anymore once the 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 uh, situation has stopped it's five seconds and they were able to um i guess figure that out at like the fbi whatever and they, they were studies. able to come they out with police, that and did they still have them. the police science institute around too i, don't know. I think have so. you ever heard of police science institute yeah, yeah. I think they do a lot of around. study they do a ton of studies like that with shooting stabbings right. like the toller principle 30 30 feet for a knife yeah, yeah, which of course we know is all bullshit. It's all well, it's all, yeah. You know. And think about it: five seconds. Here's count one, two, three, four, five. People are like, oh, that's you know, that's that's a long time. You're like, dude, that goes by like in a second. Like you have no idea how short five seconds is, and how fast your brain's having to take in all this information being thrown at it in a high stress environment where everything is kind of closing down on you with tunnel vision. Five seconds goes by, and like a millisecond like it, it zooms by. i have it i, I had quick. never i have never heard that i've never heard that in particular i'm i'm interested to i, I want to know more about that yeah that'd be interesting so i can talk about it offline but um yeah but yeah it, yeah. it was a big big fucking thing like it was huge um with a few agencies and saving officers and 
and stuff like that. And I, I, I'll talk to you about it later, but well, I, so there I, was a recent, there was a recent nice. uh, video that Chuck and I watched and maybe we'll, maybe we'll do it. And maybe Adam wants to join us for these, but we're going to do our uh, video debriefs of these body cams and these shooting footages and stuff like that. Um, <clears throat> right now we're a little slowed down because Chuck's been, you know, laid up, <laughs> but uh, one of the ones we watched was a guy on a bridge and they're trying to talk him, you know, out of, doing bad guy shit and he moves real quick and they light him up and it was right on camera like on the freeway overpass in front of god and everybody and if you and one of the things that immediately struck me was he makes this really quick movement and you hear multiple calibers going up pop 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 and then there's a maybe a second or a second and a half delay and then you hear the ar Pop up. And it's like to other people who don't understand, they might not get that those last like they're oh well that that guy fired two rounds late or whatever. Well, you don't know what he was seeing, right? Number one. Number two, his reaction time, that a second and a half is is typically what they say. It takes you uh it takes you half a second to see what's happening half a second to process what's happening and then a half, half a second to decide what you're going to do about it. And then you take action. So you're talking about it. A second and a half goes by before you even engage a lot of times. And this is where, um, you know, if you've ever heard of the OODA loop, you know, everybody goes, Oh, fuck the OODA loop up. The OODA loop is a real thing. OODA. We've talked about it on this show. If you can observe, orient, decide and act faster than your opponent, you will win every time because action beats reaction. You watch, you watch anything. I, I, I refer, go at anybody want listening to this, go watch the movie open range. The gunfight scene at the end of open range is spectacular because the first 10 seconds illustrates this point where one side of the group is talking and the other side of the group has a guy who just takes two steps forward and puts one right between his eyes. And everybody is then stunned that, while they were talking, he shot him. It's like, well, we came here for a fucking gunfight, so I'm just going to shoot you. I'm not going to talk. And then they start opening up, and they probably get another guy or two before the other guys have a chance to react because action beats reaction. When that guy turned and shot at you, he was able to get rounds off before you were. And when he turned around to run, he was able to turn his back before you could realize he had turned his back. Action will always beat reaction. Absolutely. Getting the drop on someone is crucial. Yeah. I told my kids, I said, you know, if you know there's going to be a fight, you don't have to wait. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I always, I, I tell my, I tell my girls and even young boys, like, don't let people get up into your space. Right. Once they've reached in, once they're in that space, it's okay for you to take action, whether that be push them punch them, kick them, whatever you want. Because if they're up in that space, they, they don't yeah. belong there. There's you know? no reason to be there. Trouble, <clears throat> if you get in trouble, I will come pick you up from school and take you to get ice cream. So right. it, it's, it, it's whatever you want to do. So, but I don't, I just don't want them to be victims ever. I don't want them to be sheep. Right. And there was a great, it's a, it's a world renowned quote. And it's strike first. Strike hard, no mercy, go back. 
Well, we've talked about that on the show too, though. There's, there's legitimacy to the idea that if you use sufficient violence early and fast, the fight will be over and you will minimize the risk of injury to you and the suspect period. End of story. We've talked about that so many times. I mean, that's how a lot of us, I mean, I'm sure all of us were brought up on in policing where you had supervisors and stuff. And like, if you, and you know, it was going to get hairy because you're walking into a fucking riot situation. They're like, if you have to use your stick, you have to get into a fight, hit them hard, hit them fast, put them down quick. Cause right. you don't want to be dancing with this person, get caught on video looking like you're dosy doing and just beating the shit out of this guy. When that's not the case, hit them hard, hit them fast, put them down quick. Right. Cuff them up. Don't do anything after the bell and everybody else. Right. Exactly. Nothing after clean the bell. fast, clean, but, fast, hard done. And then it's, Hey, look at that. You're in handcuffs. Let's stand you up, dust you off and take you to fucking jail. Yeah. You know, and it was like a magic trick. They're gone. Like, exactly. you know, yeah. and it, 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 isn't, that, were, isn't that funny okay. though? The, the public and our community, they want us to take care of these problems, right? They want us yes. to, they just want to watch it. They just don't, they don't want to see it. They actually want do want to see it now because it's on yeah. video so much, but then they want to <laughs> criticize how we do it. Yeah. But as long as we're saying and I always tell them, like, think if that was happening to your mom Ooh. or your elderly mother. Think if that was happening to your your child, like that person had just assaulted your child. And now we're we're taking care of it. We're taking somebody into custody that doesn't want to be taken into custody. And and I don't think people think about that very often when you take somebody into custody that doesn't want to be taken into custody it's never pretty it's never pretty i i will give you a very very easy homework assignment audience for those of you who have never taken someone into custody ever right and i don't mean taking an aggressive combative like you show up there on pcp you got to sworn them i mean like literally just as simple as turn around put your hands behind your back and i'll get the cuffs on you And then they don't want to, right? If you've never done that, I want you to understand what it's like. So go find someone you know that has a cat that doesn't like you and try and pick it up and hold it. That's it. It's just that simple. It's the same thing. If you think that (laughs) that is hard, (laughs) if you think it's hard to freaking pick up a six-pound cat that doesn't want to be held, now translate that to a 206 pound gangbanger and he doesn't want to go to jail or or a 120 pound methed out oh my female God. who fights like say, a fucking banshee say, mine was, dude mine was like a God 90 damn. pound female and i said thinking of the dog bite the worst bite i ever got was this 90 pound 16 year old methed out female who just bit the back of my arm and it was oh my god man and i think to myself Handcuffs didn't go on her no matter what. It just her right. wrists were way too thin. So no. my wife, by the way, my <laughs> wife's just talking about taking people into custody and fucked up shit happening. It's not a fight, but my wife still tells this story because uh when I was early on, she wanted to come for a ride along and she went for a ride along, not with me, because I it was like, okay, why don't you go for a ride along with somebody else and experience it without your husband there? So my wife went for a ride along with Adam. <laughs> Do you remember this? No. Yeah, I don't. So my wife went for a ride along with you and you and Brownie were working and she had fun. You, oh, she had she had a blast. Uh, she eventually did go for a ride along with me, uh, but she went for a ride along with, with, with you and Brownie and you hooked up some nasty ass tweaker chick. 
and you went, you, you, you put her hands behind her back, grabbed her fingers and cuffed her. And you totally reacted as soon as like, as soon as you grabbed her hands, because she had started tickling the palm of your hand with her middle finger. Like she was trying to fucking get with you. It's the little details that always make me remember. I do remember that. Yeah, right. dude. Oh, he was I got such a good story for that one too. He was super oh drunk God. and just was tickling the palm of my. She was hand. like, she thought you were, she thought you were hot, and she started tickling the palm of your hand, like, <laughs> "Hey, what's up?" And she's in cups, and she's like, "Hey, what are you doing later?" <laughs> dude, so my wife dude. comes home. She goes, "These Crazy. women are fucked up," and I was like, "What do you mean?" And she tells me the story. I'm like, "Oh yeah, it's yeah, uh-huh. <clears throat> it's um, the uniform." Ro- Right. It, it totally, it totally is. And then well, they, with you, it's the fact that you're six three and two twenty five. They pick out one person, and they're like, "I'm going to bond a connection with that one." I've even had it as a backing officer where the chick didn't want to talk to anybody else on a fifty one fifty, only wanted to talk to me. Yeah. And I was, everyone's like, "All right, you got to handle it." And I was like, "Okay." And uh, crazy thing is, she started tickling me too with her fucking hands all cuffed, and I was like, "Nope." <laughs> And finally, I just had to pick her up and carry her downstairs. Like she was uh, like, fuck, like 80, 90 pounds. But let me tell you what, she was like trying to hook up, like, you know, yeah. saying, oh, you can, you can do whatever you want. And I was like, no, 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 you're going down here. Here's the mm-hmm. ambulance. I'm out. I, I, body cameras Gross. on, like we're, we're covered. And I was like, I'm, I'm out of here, guys. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. can't do it, but it's funny. But I want to tag up on something real quick that Tom had mentioned uh, right when we started Adam's um, um, story on pretext stops. By definition, Tom is correct. That is by definition a pretext stop, you know. Um, and I was speaking as to policy for other agencies that I've read up on online, right? As opposed the ones that are to trying before, to remove them by policy, right, right? That are basically going any infraction that you go to pull over. That's a you know, it's not a non mover, but it's an infraction. They're they don't want you to do it. No, they're building policy against it, but they're saying movers, such as misdemeanors and things like that, like rolling a stop sign or lights and stuff like that. Um, red light violations, uh, you know, turn signal and stuff like that, that you're actually moving and doing. Right. There are, some agencies have actually said, no, you can't do that because it's a, by definition, a pretext stop. And they say it, it, there's a bunch of different things that come into play that I'm not going to get into, but by definition, that is a pretext stop. And then the agencies that are going towards, oh, you got an infraction. Well, that's the first step in that, that whole thing to then eventually go, okay, well, no, it was just a stop sign. No, it was just this. No, it was just that. And then eventually, where are you left at? When does it stop? Where does it stop? When does a pretext stop? Stop? Are you just going to go straight felony stops and that's it? And, yep. you know, Flippy it, slope. it's happened in other incidents. It is. I'll tell you what, like, boys and girls, policies. you want to cover your, you want to cover yourself. I'm going to tell you, you know, Tom's tip for covering yourself. And this was an older cop that gave me this. He goes, if you're going to pull dopers over for equipment violations all the time, you need to start pulling over regular people and handing out tickets for some of those equipment violations once in a while. And I said, why? And he goes, because either you're enforcing those equipment violations across the board board, or you're not. And now I don't know if you guys had it, but there was this thing as a tracking system that all the state of California has to use. Now it's called the automated uh, data, no automated field data, Something. ADF, You're talking about the, ADF the RAP, RAPA? Is that the um, one CHP uses? No, this is a <laughs> statewide thing now. It basically logs every stop that you do, every arrest that you do by race, gender, ethnicity, fucking creed, man, woman, other, yeah. um, 
everything. You have to put a, you, the reason why you're stopped, the reason why you're arrested, all your probable cause, and basically write a quick little report, a disposition, and then it's a database. Because that's, that's what we want to do is write all fucking reports on a traffic stop. And, and, and now it's mandated by California state law that you, you shall do this for every vehicle. Even if you, you give a warning, you have to do the reason why you pulled over and what you cited for, what you warned for, and, and go through that. If you wrote a citation, the citation number so they can look back on it. So now what you were saying, what your old partner was saying, that's more imperative to do now. If you're pulling over just gangsters for this, you need to start pulling over other people for this yep. so that when you go to court and they pull those records, yep, because they're it's it's a no nope, i stop this all the time you do everybody like across yep. the board it doesn't matter stop a and soccer mom scratcher she'll get that license plate light fixed she'll get that tail light exactly. fixed and the, the funny thing is they even have in there and i'll ask both of you guys real quick <clears throat> they even have in there could you determine the race of the person you stopped prior to your stop and my answer is no because no. you're in a vehicle moving like how, how am i going to be able to be like oh yep yep that's that's not to mention the fact that i can't determine race based on their skin color Exactly. Like, you can't. Or, I've seen. Or I've gender, seen. His, or, look at Marco. Marco is Hispanic all day long, and he's paler than me. So no, I can't determine race yeah. necessarily. So anyway, that, the, the redheaded dude. Uh, well, so that was fun. Thanks for coming on, Adam. Absolutely, man. We got to get um, you over to locker room where we can actually talk shit. <laughs> I would love that. Yeah, anytime, man. Anytime you guys need to fill a gap or whatever. <clears throat> Where's Matt's bell? Damn it, this is the wrong uh, show. You know, I, I was just thinking, I was like, I had a really good comeback to that, but yeah, I can't but say it because it's wrong show. Works. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> that was pretty bad. That's I, all right. I just realized what, what I said. <laughs> <It's okay. laughs> well, Chuck, why don't you uh why don't you take us home? All right, guys and gals. Um real quick, Adam, do you have someone to dedicate the episode to? Um gosh, you guys always ask us, and I always if you don't, it's okay. Spot. I have someone. <clears throat> um no, go ahead. Go ahead. You're okay. So I'm going to do this first, a little bit of housekeeping, and then we're going to get into the uh, dedication. And this is a dedication that we did post um, earlier on um, in the weeks. Um, go to our Instagrams, our socials, uh, lock, uh, not locker room. I'm sorry. War stories, war stories on Facebook. There's links in the bio. You can reach us at our website there. Um, and you can purchase uh, gear. We still have uh, some will be hoodies. We have yep. shirts, we have patches, we have, um, stickers and uh we're getting orders out every week so go over there support us help support the podcast um and then you can also put a little plug in here you can also go over to watch three apparel and you can help support them and it supports us as well yeah. um so hit all that up like and share our stuff it really does help um and everything's been doing well so far on instagram and, yeah. and facebook you guys are doing a killer job when we're trying to get um, information out there, especially about Ukraine and Russia going on, and there's going to be more coming up. Um, but we kind of started slowing down to try to filter out some of that stuff that's maybe propaganda, maybe not. Yeah, and, it's hard to trying to give you the most accurate. Yeah, trying to give you the most accurate information. Um, but please go to our Instagram, go to our Facebook, like, share us. Um, you know, go to the um, head over website, to Watch the Apparel. Helps. Tell them we sent you. Head our, head over to our website. Subscribe and send us your email address. Follow us on all the socials and and Booking. buy a shirt. Yeah, and if you want to come on the show, booking.warstories at gmail.com. You'll receive me there. Give me a quick bio of, of why you want to come on the show, your background, and what story you may have. And then we will get together, drop your cell phone number so it's easier for me to call you so I'm not waiting on your email. Right. And we can just get it scheduled that much faster. Now into the dedication. This is uh, from Huntington Beach Police Department in California. Mm. 
Nicholas Vallea. Police officer Nicholas Vallea was killed in a uh, police helicopter crash around 6.30 p.m. He and another officer responding to provide aerial support in the Newport Beach Police Department. Uh, at the scene of a fight call, the helicopter lost altitude and crashed into Newport Bay near 18th Street. Officer Vallea and his partner were both pulled from the helicopter and transported to a local hops- hospital where he succumbed to his injuries. Officer Vallea had served with the Huntington Beach Police Department for 14 years, had previously served with the Laguna Beach Police Department for two years. He survived by his wife and daughter. He was 44 years old, tour was 16 years, and his badge was 2120. Oh, rest easy, brother. We got it from here. <clears throat> it's fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my buddies, I, I got a couple buddies that work people. at HB and uh, they were posting stuff about him. Yeah. He was a good dude. He was a good dude. Sounds like it. Rest easy, brother. We got it from here. Well, again, Chuck, thank you. Adam, thank you as always. My Uh, pleasure. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And until our next episode, come home with your shield or on it.